Have you made any New Year's resolutions? It's time of year, of course, we make different resolutions, or sometimes people suggest resolutions for us. Uh, my family sometimes gives me a list of things they'd like me to change. Uh, so sometimes we make resolutions for ourselves, sometimes others do it for us. And we ponder all kinds of different resolutions, don't we? Resolutions like getting in shape, reading more, maybe getting more rest, one thing or another. This time is a good time, of course, with the end of the old year, the beginning of the new, to ponder maybe ways that God might be calling us to change, to grow, to really become a better version of ourselves. This evening, I think, from the Gospel, and because of this great solemnity we celebrate, Mary, the Mother of God, we can perhaps take an example from Our Lady, and maybe in our New Year's resolution, to imitate a certain practice that Mary had in her own life that comes across quite clearly in the Gospel. We might be wondering, why should we imitate Our Lady? For a lot of people, especially those who are Christian but non-Catholic, they can have a hard time understanding why Catholics have a devotion to Mary. They enter the church and kind of right at the front of the church is a statue of Our Lady. They can think, why don't you just go straight to Jesus? Just imitate Jesus, pray to Jesus, focus on Jesus alone. But actually, I think that Catholic devotion to Our Lady makes quite a bit of sense, even the titles by which we call Mary. Take, for example, the title we celebrate Mary this evening, Mary, Mother of God. When we look into the different titles given to Our Lady, we see that the titles given to Our Lady actually protect or defend some belief we have about Jesus Christ. And this title, Mary, Mother of God, is no different. So kind of put yourself back, if you can, for a moment, to the fifth century. Imagine if you're living in the city of Ephesus, and the whole buzz of the day is a religious controversy. I know Twitter wasn't around at that time, but people still had debates, even religious debates. And at that time, Catholics were split into different camps. And it was all about a term or title with which some people liked to call Mary. So at this time, many people, it was quite popular for them to call Our Lady by the name Theotokos, which can be translated as Mother of God. Theotokos. Some people said you should call Mary this. Other people said, no, you shouldn't. And each of these camps had a different leader. In one camp, you had Cyril of Alexandria, who was saying, yes, we can and should call Our Lady Theotokos, Mother of God. And in the other camp was Nestorius. And Nestorius was quite the firebrand. And he said, no, you can't do this. We can call Mary Mother of Christ, but we shouldn't call her Mother of God. Cyril of Alexandria ultimately won the day, and his argument said is that we should call Mary Mother of God to defend what we believe about Jesus. Jesus Christ is truly God, was truly God from the moment of his conception. Therefore, we should call Mary Mother of God to defend what we believe about Jesus Christ. And ultimately, at the Council of Ephesus in 431, this title, Theotokos, or Mother of God, was kind of enshrined in Catholic belief. So we see then that all the titles by which we call Mary are certainly an honor to her, but more importantly, these titles defend an important belief about Jesus Christ. 
More than this, however, Our Lady is someone for us, uh, an example for us, a witness for us, someone who teaches us something very important about Jesus. And again, when we look at the life of Jesus, of course, Jesus Christ came to fully reveal who God was and who human beings are. But you could say that there is one thing that Jesus couldn't teach us, one lesson that Jesus couldn't demonstrate by his own life. And this lesson ultimately was how to be a good disciple. It would have been very difficult for Jesus to illustrate in his own life how to be a follower of himself. He can't really do that. This is where Mary comes in for us. Our Lady ultimately is this perfect example of what it means to follow Jesus. She's this wonderful disciple and so we can learn from her life and we can imitate her. And I think that in the Gospel today, we're presented with a certain attribute or practice of Our Lady that we can imitate as we enter the new year. And this ultimately was Our Lady's habit of pondering things in her heart. We hear this very important detail in the Gospel today. After the shepherds have come to behold Jesus and they've relayed the message of the angels, what does Our Lady do? We are told that Our Lady pondered all these things in her heart. She reflected, she took time to consider all the ways that God was blessing her and everyone through this Son. She took time to savor it, to contemplate it, to let it sink in into her very existence. Our Lady, we see in her life, had this practice of pondering, reflecting, taking time to see the way that God was active in her life. And of course, this practice or this virtue of pondering required some silence, some kind of time away, some time to reflect. This attribute of Our Lady to spend time in silence, to ponder what God was doing, to listen to God's word in her life. This idea of silence is something, or the importance of silence, is of course promoted by different saints and other people. Mother Teresa, for example, who liked to imitate a lot of the attributes of Our Lady, often said that it is in the silence of the heart God speaks. In the silence of the heart God speaks. If we can't take that time in silence to spend time with God, even just a few minutes each day, then it can be easy to miss the way that God is blessing us, loving us, supporting us. Another individual, um, a little bit earlier than Mother Teresa, the Danish philosopher and Christian Soren Kierkegaard, also liked to promote the importance of silence. So Kierkegaard said the following, If I were a physician, and if I were allowed to prescribe just one remedy for all the ills of the modern world, I would prescribe silence. For even if the word of God were proclaimed in the modern world, how could one hear it with so much noise? Therefore, create silence. When we give space in our lives for some silence, then we can ponder like Our Lady did, to see the way that God is active in our lives, to savor that, to allow God's love to strengthen us, to help us to persevere. This pondering ultimately can become a habit, a regular routine in our life. And I think I've spoken about this individual before in his practice, St. Ignatius of Loyola. St. Ignatius, who started the Jesuits, uh, of which Pope Francis is a member, 
uh, is from the 16th century. He's in the Counter-Reformation. And St. Ignatius of Loyola liked to promote an activity called the examen. And this is different than an examination of conscience before we go to confession. But an examen was something that St. Ignatius really promoted. He said it was the most important thing after the Mass when it came to spiritual practices. And an examen simply is taking a few minutes at the end of the day to look back on our day with God and to see how God was active, what are small ways that God blessed us, something someone said to us, perhaps one way we were re able to reach out to someone in service. In this examined prayer, we're able to look at the ways God is with us in silence and to ponder like Our Lady did the wonderful things Jesus was doing for us in our lives. And if this examine is too complicated, I've heard it put another way, uh, taught for children, you can call it the uh, toothbrushing prayer. So when you're brushing your prayer in the evening, uh, presumably we all do that, I forget sometimes, but when we do brush our teeth in the evening, when we're doing that, the time we take to brush our teeth, we can reflect on our day and call to mind two or three blessings. Just there while you're brushing your teeth, to remind yourself of a couple ways in that day where God blessed you. This brushing of our teeth really can become a way in which we ponder like Our Lady did the ways that Jesus blessed us in that particular day, and then this pondering can become a habit. We see the good things God is doing for us. It fills us with joy and peace, because ultimately when we don't take this time to ponder, we can miss all the many good things God is doing in our life. Silence then, pondering is so important. I even saw it recently on social media. I saw a post come up and said, do these five things in 2023 and it will change your life. So of course I want my life changed. So I clicked on the story to see what was going on. And one of the practices that was promoted was to say, spend 10 minutes a day in silence. So I think a lot of people recognize in our busy world, in our world that can be quite hectic, the importance of silence. And certainly Our Lady saw this, to take time to ponder the way that God is present and active in our lives. So I'm not trying, as my family would sometimes, to tell you what your New Year's resolution should be, but I think the Gospel suggests a practice we might want to try out. Each day, if we can, even if it's just when we're brushing our teeth, take a few minutes in silence to ponder. Consider the goodness that God has done in that day. Think of two or three blessings, and they can be very small, blessings that happened in that day to show you Jesus was with you, loving you, and supporting you.